you're listening to Arts Talk Radio, and I'm Michael Hasted. We bring you regular news, reviews and interviews relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, concentrating on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and the surrounding areas. Talk Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. Two quite different items this week. I talked to an Englishman who runs one of the Netherlands' leading opera companies and also to the deputy mayor of Delft about plans to redevelop one of the city's most important and beautiful sites. The Netherlands Arise Opera is currently on tour with the Barber of Seville. I spoke to the company's director, Nicholas Mansfield, and although born an Englishman, he's now a Dutch citizen, and I started by asking when and why he first came to the Netherlands. I came here uh, when I was 21 years old to sing in the in a Dutch radio chorus, the Hetkort Omrupkor, and I did that for 10 years. And then I left, started my own company, started teaching singing, started uh, conducting, and uh, in 2000 I became chorus master at the, at the Rice Opera in Enschede, and in 2013 I became general director. And how many productions do you do a year? We do three productions per year. We used to do five. That was before the big culture cuts uh, in the Netherlands in 2012-13. So when I started my job, the first thing I had to do was to reorganize the whole company. And now we, uh, we're a lean and mean opera company, as they say in English. Do you have a, a, a policy as far as um, what works you put on? Or do you like a really mixed... Um, I, I like a mixed program. I, like to, uh, I also like to produce well-known operas. It's important that we produce well-known operas because you know people will come uh, and at the same time I, I believe very strongly in the fact that we should give people something also give people something they didn't know they wanted until they saw it, or seen it it's a, it's a good idea to, to have a, a company with a good, good reputation that enables you to do um, lesser known works in England there's the English touring opera yeah. which does uh, completely unknown work yeah. they do them very very well yeah, exactly, so, yeah. so you know whatever whatever they do you yeah. go along you're going to enjoy it yeah exactly and that's, a, that's that corporate marketing thing eh? so if you go to ETO uh, English touring opera you know you're going to go to a, to a, to a very good opera and people will, will go whatever the title is because they know they're going for quality. I mean that's an important thing with any, with a theatre, with anything that you need to be able to, to trust a place you yep. need to be able to know that if you go it's going to be good Exactly. because exactly. prices are exactly. so high you can't afford to. Yeah. And if it was up to you entirely, you were programming just for yourself, what would your preferred pieces be? Oh I think I've done them already. <laughs> and, and what were they? Now I, I, adore, I adore Wagner so um, I could listen to Tristan Mutisolde every day for my life. Yeah, the Fliegende Holle was the Fliegende Holle just done, yeah, and yeah, we have a, we try and have a varied, uh, varied um, a production list. Uh, do, I mean, Wagner uh, is notoriously, I mean, big, have big chorus and big sets. Mm. Are they more difficult or more expensive, or is that just uh, an impression one would get? Um, they are big, but there are there are choices you can make in order to make them smaller. For example, in Tristan and Isolde, we didn't. That was the, my very first production as director, when we hardly had any money at all because of the cuts to culture in 2012-13. Um, so I decided to put the um, 
but the men's chorus off stage, and you can do that and still retain the integrity of the production. And by putting the men's chorus backstage, you uh, you already save forty thousand euros because they don't have to have a costume. So how how long does it take you to uh, from conception to production? That's a period of around between four and five years. That's a very long period, um, and that has to do with all the things that need to happen within that period. So first, you need to decide which opera you want to produce. Now you have to discuss that internally. Can we can we afford it? Is the of course the most important question. Did you have you have a Permanent company, more or less. Yeah, we have a permanent company, a small company, permanent company, but with all the crucial positions that need to be in an opera house. So, um, a head of finance, uh, marketing, uh, I mean singers. education. Singers, no. We, our singers, our artists are always guests. Okay. Yeah. So, we, for every production, we have a new director and a totally new cast. Uh, that's the. That's what takes a lot of time because you need to. After you've decided which production you do, you want to do, you need to decide who you want to direct it, and then they need to think together with you about who and they want to design. Of course. Yeah. Um, Designers, then, then, then the whole process of delivery of the sets and the costumes, and we have to cost that, we have to budget that. Sometimes we have to change it. Um, that's a period of a number of years before you. Uh, Does it ever not work out, and you have to drop it? It's it's happened once, but that wasn't that was actually nothing to do with the rice opera. That was to do with a, with a, another company that was co-producing with us. We were quite a long way down the down down the line, and we had to pull the plug. That was Nicholas Mansfield, director of the Nederlands Arise Opera. Their tour of the Barber of Seville continues until the 2nd of November. Arts Talk magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk Radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. Whatever your interest in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk Magazine, all one word, dot nl. Artstalkmagazine.nl Arts Talk Radio Online. I'm in the Agata Plain in the centre of Delft, and you may remember we were here more or less exactly a year ago uh, about the plans to develop the uh, the site here, which consists, for those of you who don't know it, the Agata Plain is a long, not really a square, but it's a passage which is about 100 yards long. It's got four or five really beautiful old trees. Um, on one side of that is a beautiful garden, which has got uh, walls on one side, box hedges, and on the other side is the Prinzenhof Museum. And and the plans to develop it were fairly radical. And I'm with Baz Volbrecht, who is the deputy mayor and has special responsibility for this project. Now, when this was first muted, which was just over a year ago, mm -hmm. there was a lot of protest because I think there were fairly major radical plans to, to develop both the Agada Plain itself and the museum. Uh, can you outline very quickly what the, the plans originally were? Uh, yeah, I could do that. It would take a lot of time, but uh, I think the main goal of the renovation of Museum at Prinshof is to make it fit for the future. And the original plans, um, yeah, they not only uh, described how we should do that internally at the museum, but also, as you already explained, um, yeah, to take the whole Agata plane uh, in that development and also create an outer space that's inviting and it's also fit for the future. Mm. Because uh, people may not be aware, but the, the, the 
Prinsen Hof, the, the building itself, was one of the most important and historical sites Absolutely. in the Netherlands. Absolutely. It was there where William of Orange was assassinated, which led directly to the formation of the Dutch Republic. So. There was, as I said before, a, a lot of protest. Um, what stage are we at now? Well, I think we managed to turn the whole situation around. And that started with the fact that the people who were protesting and not only um, yeah, stood here and were against the plans, but also reached out a helping hand. And as a municipality, we took that hand. So we created a task force, a working group, who participated with us, with the municipality, with the museum, to create a perspective, a plan, a vision, which um, also described that um, the way that the museum would be fit for the future. Now, that plan is presented uh, a few months ago and is now being worked out in uh, yeah, also a financial uh, paragraph to present to the city council. But it, I think it's a plan that, um, yeah, that is great and also um, yeah, has a lot of commitment of the city, so that's Im important as well. And the, the, the people who are protesting against the original plans, are they more or less on board now? Uh, not more or less, they are fully on board. I think we created, um, and yeah, it's easy to say now afterwards, but it took a lot of effort. So I'm, I'm very grateful to all the people who took a lot of time to yeah, think with us, develop the plans with us. But I think they're fully on board. And by taking the time to do so, I think we actually created, uh, I hope so, a group of uh, uh, fairly ambassadors for the Prinzhof. So specifically, um, the plans originally, as I understood it, were that the, the garden here, the beautiful garden with the box hedges and the trees and the bushes was going to be maybe not demolished, but substantially changed. Mm -hmm. the, the trees, the half dozen or so trees in the Agata Plain were going to be knocked down? No, never, ah. never. We're not oh, going to uh, knock down I understood this trees. was going to be never. made into a sort of an open space for festivals, concerts, whatever. Uh, that also was never the plan, but the plan was to more integrate the two parts of the square. So as you uh, described uh, very well in the beginning, when you uh, stand here at this, uh, this square, you see two different parts who are separated even by a fence. And uh, we think that uh, in a time where you do not have a lot of green in your inner city, it's very valuable to uh, make the green you have uh, open, make it usable by, uh, by people. So to integrate the parts of the square a bit more, uh, that would definitely be a goal, absolutely. But to, to, to me, looking at it, 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 it's nice that it is separate because it's like it's like a sort of cloister garden, or a, uh, it is very separate and, and, and quite private, very peaceful. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the few areas like that in Delft. And I think this is my personal view: is that it is That's nice right. that it's separate. It's <laughs> nice that it is separated. And yeah, I think I that think if it was merged together, then I think it, it would maybe lose something. Yeah, I understand your line of thought, but I think it's uh, in every design that we're going to make for this garden. And um, yeah, let us say that uh, the, the, the final design is not even close. Um, we're going to take a lot of time also to work that out properly. And one of the challenges in that working out uh, of also the design of a garden will definitely be how to keep the unique character that Agatha Plain has. It is, as you say, a unique uh, square in Delft and we have to keep that character. Because I think one thing that should be said is that although it is fantastic, it looks uh, beautiful with old buildings around it, the, the square as it is now is not that old. No, definitely. The, 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 yeah, the, the situation true. is old, but the garden layout as it is now is not that old. No, indeed, uh, that, uh, you're truly, uh, totally right about that. It's even... Um, it's even the other way around. Um, originally, um, uh, the complex was, of course, uh, a uh, cloister, 
yeah, uh, cloister. Yeah. cloister. And um, you have a garden that's yeah, sort of separated into three areas. And I think it would be great if you look back at our history and what functions this building always had in its history, that you maybe even bring back that memory. So create a garden that um, yeah, flows from the building into three separate areas into the square. I think that would be great. But you don't think it would lose its identity if it became merged in the main square? Well, I think we have to look at a smart way to do so. Mm. So it's not going to be one open square, never, and that would be a waste of, uh, as you call it, a unique uh, character. But um, yeah, it, it would be a goal to make it more accessible, I think. Okay, and now for the, the Prinzenhof Museum, there were mm -hmm. also fairly big plans for that. And I think most of those involved the development on the, the town side, um, which at the moment is a, is a fairly boring wall with Absolutely. a couple of windows in it and I think there were plans to put a glass front and make that the main mm -hmm. entrance to the museum. How's that um, developing? I think it's uh, also in the perspective that uh, the task force, the working group, uh, has now uh, uh, sent to, uh, to the, the board of the city of Delft. That's still a point of attention. We have to create on that side of the museum a more inviting entrance. The way how we do that, that's open for discussion and we can work out further. But the fact that we have to do something there, yeah, that's very clear to me and also uh, shared uh, by the working group. Um, we have to do it in a way that also fits nicely to yeah, the historical building and respects its qualities uh, uh, to do so. Mm. Because uh, I, I think one of, the, one of the factors that was mentioned was to, to, to facilitate uh, or encourage tourism. Um, and there are many cities in the world, Amsterdam not least, mm -hmm. who are actually now putting people off coming there. And they're actually di diverting people from Amsterdam to The Hague and to here. And you don't think there's a, a danger that the Delft may be overrun by tourism? Now, at the moment, definitely not, but it is uh, definitely uh, a point of attention. I think that if we do nothing, the tourism on, the tourism on itself will increase, whether we improve something in the city or not. So the question for us as a municipality of Delft is more how to yeah, lead that, uh, that increase of tourists in, uh, in a good way, to make it uh, such a, a situation that also Delft, every uh, Delftenaar benefits of tourism. And for us that uh, can be reached by uh, increasing uh, the duration of a stay, by focusing on the, uh, the right type of tourist and to increase the, yeah, to make it a bit more, uh, more practical, the money tourists spend in the city. But a lot of tourists don't spend money. If they come on a coach, they get off, they walk around, they don't spend any money at all. And we definitely have to uh, look very carefully into that type of tourism. Mm. Because, yeah, I, I understand uh, also why you make that point. Um, that, that, that's one of the examples in which tourism maybe does not benefit a city. So we have to look closely on what measures we actually can take as a municipality. We uh, unfortunately do not control everything uh, uh, in this city. We have to look carefully in uh, measures we can take to, uh, uh, yeah, to, to, as I said, uh, make sure that tourism benefits the whole of Delft. Um, but the developments that are planned here, are they more with uh, tourism in mind or more for the benefit of people who live here? I think a combination and there are some other factors to add to that. I think the renovation of the Prinzhof definitely has a part of tourism in itself. It definitely is about how to make the museum uh, more accessible for, uh, for everybody who lives in Delft, but also to improve the possibilities of education, to get more young children to visit, as you yeah, very well explained, one of the most important uh, buildings in our nation's history, um, but also make it more accessible for people who are 
uh, disabled, uh, for example, for old people. Um, and maybe even more importantly, I also think that renovation is, um, yeah, we owe it to the fact that we own as a municipality one of the most important national icons. We have to renovate that just because, yeah, we're almost uh, um, obliged to do so because of our history. Obviously, yes, but I think it, I'm not a great fan of tourism because I think tourism in, in many cases actually destroys the thing it's come to see. And I think I've seen examples of that, yeah. <laughs> and like, for, for example, now in Venice, there are certain streets which are closed and only residents yeah. can enter them. Um, and in the last, I don't know, even three or four years, there's been an incredible marked increase in tourism. And, and Delft is small. Absolutely. You can walk the length of it in 20 minutes and the width of it in, in 10. And it could be easily, easily drowned by tourism. You, you're, you're, you're not worried that you, you maybe make it, t you encourage tourism too much or present too many facilities for them at the cost of people who live here? No, definitely not. I, as I explained, it is a point of attention, so I, I totally understand um, the point um, uh, that, that you make. But I think at the moment we absolutely do not have a problem yet, um, but still you have to prevent that uh, situation like you describe uh, occurs. So yeah, in our new touristic vision, which we're going to uh, make the next year, we definitely have to take it into account, absolutely. Are there other parts of the town which uh, you have similar plans for? Uh, big renovations plans of uh, a large museum? No, no. This is one of the biggest projects for the municipality of Delft, and I think that's uh, that's also keep you okay. going. <laughs> yeah, it, it will keep us going. And besides the renovation plans, the Prinzhof in itself also has a great year. We are working towards one of the biggest expositions uh, ever being held here, the Peter de Hoogtentoonstelling. Yeah, because this also the the, the golden age. Um, yeah, definitely. This year. So uh, even without the renovations plans, the Prinzhof in itself is one of the unique pieces of Delft. So. Uh, no, I think uh, this is one of the biggest projects we're going to, uh, to exercise. Okay, thanks very much for that. That was Baz Valbrecht, Deputy Mayor of Delft. Thanks very much. Arts Talk Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. Well, I'm afraid that's it for another week. Uh, you've been listening to Arts Talk Radio and we'll be back in a week or so, hopefully with a lot more interesting people with lots more interesting interviews. My name is Michael Hasted, so till the next time, it's goodbye.